Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Welcome to week 10. Yay! I can't believe we got to number 10. It's so exciting. No, it's like time is a construct right now. Yeah, and we're we're plugging along with our couples. Yeah, like we're growing with them, living in their houses as they're newlyweds. Very nice. <laughs> what? Well, speaking of couples, what's going on with the old people? What happened on Couples Cam this week? All right, the penultimate episode of Couples Cam. I really actually enjoyed this episode. A lot was going on. Um, AJ and Stephanie, I'm reminded how well matched they are in restlessness. Like, they cannot <laughs> sit still for nothing. Like, Stephanie already went on a vacation to Aruba. Like, AJ didn't have his passport. She was like, I'm still going. And she went on her own. So decided, they decided to have a lazy Sunday and they made brunch and they sat in the house and they were just like, the music was just like, wah, wah, this is a fail. We have to do something. So they always come up with games and they went out, they had checkers, drunk checkers, and they went outside and had fun. But I mean, it's just nice to watch. Like, it's really good for them. Jamie and Liz still battling the COVID. They went for yet another test. I feel like I've seen them take like a hundred tests and Elizabeth is negative and Jamie was still positive. By the end of the episode he took yet another COVID test and he was negative so they beat that part I'm happy for them for that it looked like a nightmare to have Austin and Jess celebrated their one year anniversary and the cute thing about them is that (laughs) they did the whole thing where you keep your cake um, in the freezer and then they had it they both hated the cake, but didn't tell each other that it was because they didn't want to hurt each other's feelings. And then they told us, and they're like, oh, Jess seemed to like it. So, you know, I didn't tell her that it was. Jess was like, that cake was not good at all, but it was okay. So I was like, that is cute. But it was nice. They went to, they had like a staycage kind of in Virginia. They went um, for to celebrate the anniversary. And so it was cute. I mean, they're still cute. And then Danielle. Danielle is still bossing Bobby around. I remember we're watching this season. We all thought like, man, this is a one-sided relationship. She's pregnant, as we all know. And she tells, she has cravings. Like in the last pregnancy, um, Bobby gained 25 pounds and he's trying not to happen. He's clearly on the point system. He doesn't want to say Weight Watchers because, I mean, that's the only one that we know that does the point system. So he's trying not to eat as much. She had tacos earlier, like just craving. And then now she woke up and said she wanted pumpkin pie and she wanted a Thanksgiving feast. Bobby had to cook aid a Thanksgiving feast for her. He made creamed corn. He made a whole ass turkey. He made wow. casserole. He made um, pumpkin pie. It was like a whole spread of a whole thing and I'm like girl you got it good you got a husband that will cook you a Thanksgiving meal (laughs) (laughs) in whatever month it was (laughs) but I'm like kudos to them they're making it work so and last but not the least news broke last week that Greg and Deanna are expecting their first kid so it's nice to see that all the baby talk we've been subjected to 
came out to be something good, but they still haven't revealed it on the show. The last thing that he ended with was she took a pregnancy test and that was it. I know Greg is a little bit um, nervous because the last week we found out that he shut down, you know, due to COVID and stuff. His master. So he's probably like just a little worried about financially how they're going to care for this baby. But you know what? I'm really happy for them. And I'm going to miss Couples Camp because the finale is, well, it was last week and we'll talk about it next week. But it's just kind of nice to see as much as we shit on the show for all the things they do, the couples that did make it work, like I'm happy for those that it worked out for because they came on here for a reason. So seeing them all get together. Oh, and Jeffy and Shawnee's kid is the cutest kid ever. She's so smart. But yeah, it's nice to see them grow, have kids and, you know, flourish together. And that's it. I believe Stephanie and AJ at one point were a little miffed because they're like all the couples that are having babies are the ones who kind of get attention from Lifetime. (laughs) And I don't, I can't really see them having kids. No, I don't see it either. Like they're so like about having, enjoying life to the fullest. Not to say you can't enjoy life to the fullest with a kid, but they're very active people and very restless people. So. And she loves to travel, and she said it. Yeah. They, they both do, to be honest. They both do. They're they're equally matched in that regard. And they really did a good job in that, because I could see how irritating it would be if they were mismatched, where they got one person who just wants to stay home and watch TV. That would be the bane of any of them's existence. That would be a deal breaker, I think. So, Yeah. So how was Unfiltered? Unfiltered was okay. Um, It was Olivia, Amani, and Pastor Cal. I did notice that we're nine episodes in and neither Christina or Amelia have ever appeared on Unfiltered. Oh. I don't know what that means. Maybe Christina's flying all over the world and Amelia's a doctor. So maybe she's doing residency and dealing with COVID. I don't know what, when these were filmed or anything. So it's just an interesting note. Oh, that is interesting though. Especially since some people are appearing for their second or third. Yeah time on unfiltered jamie's still in that dress i feel bad i I should stop talking about the dress because it's clear nine episodes in that the dress is not changing Uh, so they talked about amani and woody going to get their nails done um amani said that she wanted someone who cared about their looks because that's something she and woody have in common yeah and olivia said she wishes that brett would have taken her to get her nails done ah um, she she thinks he could have because he's really into pampering himself. He has face creams, five razors. I was like, oh, fun fact about Brett. I don't think we, ex- did you expect that? I didn't expect that. No, I didn't. It would reduce his net worth, you know. <laughs> I uh, She said that she and Brett are having struggles at this point, but she's going to keep pushing through and persevering to make sure she gives it her best effort. They play the clip of Olivia and Brett with the questions and Brett joking around. She says his answers are annoying and frustrating and it's very evident that he doesn't take this seriously and it makes her question why he would do this. And Amani said she would be upset and frustrated and that Olivia, she said this, Olivia handled it a lot longer than I would have. And I was like, these two are doomed. (laughs) Pastor Cal called it ridiculous. He said that sarcasm is a diversion to keep you from seeing who someone really is. And he said sarcasm is fake intelligence. Hmm. Do we agree with that? Um, I agree with the first part. I don't know about fake intelligence. I don't think you have to be smart to be sarcastic, I, I which I think is, I guess, what Pastor Cal is saying. Yeah. I think it's just deflection. Yeah. It is. Especially at the rate that Brett does it. Like, there's sarcasm and it's like, ha ha ha, but one time, two time, three time, okay, chill, guy. So, yeah. 
they played the Woody and Imani um, love conversation, and Olivia is just looking so happy watching it. Like, she just, you could tell she was happy for her friend in that moment. Um, and, you know, Jamie's like, do you think it's ever too soon to say I love you? And Imani said, no, he didn't say it too soon. And Olivia says, there's never a moment that it's too soon or too late and that she's proud of Woody for saying it. And Imani said she hopes she can get to a place where she can say I love you. So they show the clip of the two of them walking and she talks about how she's waiting to feel the connection. And she says when they're by themselves, she can see the real Brett. But because there's such a difference between Brett in front of the cameras and Brett behind the scenes that she like struggles to understand who he really is. And Pastor Cal says he's got to be the same whether he's documented or not documented and that he needs to talk to Woody because Woody has mastered the art of it. I bet the other couple secretly hate Imani and Woody. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) He's kidding. I wonder if they're jealous. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, like, they're the golden children. So I just mean, you know how you have a teacher's favorite and you have to be like, oh, but I did this or whatever. So that's what I mean. Pastor Cal says he has hope for them because he always does. He thinks they can get there. He's talking about Olivia and Brett because he's an optimistic person. Then Olivia says there are times where Brett is thoughtful and he really tries and he has good qualities, but she thinks he has a hard time showing them and being true to who he is. And that's where I was like, maybe these two could possibly have some hope. Honestly, I think Married at First Sight is so hard to predict because once again, if Shawnice and Jeffy are still together, uh, anything <laughs> like, The experts, will they ever say this is a bad match? Because the experts' answer t- seems to me to always, the, the solution to all problems is people just have to try harder. But I think there have been plenty of couples where people both tried plenty hard and they were just incompatible and they weren't bad people. Neither of them did the other one dirty. Sometimes they try to make it seem that way, but it's just a bad match. But I don't recall an expert ever just being like, you know, they were just incompatible. Yeah, I think the answer is no. We've seen that with Pastor Cal and help me with the names, the Dallas, the girl and the guy, the blonde girl, Katie. Yes. Katie and Luke? Yes. With Katie and Luke, where it was so bad and so bad, and Pascal was like, well, we can't tell them what to do. And in my head, I'm like, you absolutely can, because to me, she was in danger. And he was like, it's an experiment. We have to see how it plays out, but we actually not tell them. And then with Zach and Mindy, when Mindy finally decided to leave, that Dr. Viviana was about to jump up her seat and said, I'm so happy for you. But she never actually told her, leave. He's terrible. In therapy, they'll never tell you what to do. They're supposed to counsel you to come to your own conclusions. Yeah, but I'm answering your question where you said, would they ever tell them? And I'm saying the answer is no. But not about telling them what to do. I mean, will they just admit this is a bad match? These people are incompatible. There's no action that this one can take or that one can take that will fix this relationship. They're just incompatible. Do experts ever say that? Will they ever admit to that? The answer is no. That's what I've been saying, that they will never actually say it, but they're okay. actually so that they think it is, but no, they will never actually say it. They never have, and they never will, but even in cases that were so bad that you can tell that they think it's incompatible, they never actually still say it. This is a fundamental weakness with the show, because I think two people can give it their best shot. I even would say sometimes when people are being displayed badly, they're giving it their best shot. They're just incompatible. But the experts, even on decision day, even at the reunion, they'll just throw out some garbage about, well, if this one would have done this, or I think if they just would have tried harder, and it's like, no, they were just incompatible. You made a bad match. 
And I think it's even worse this season because we're not even seeing the experts. To me, I have a huge problem with us not seeing them. Like, I get it with COVID and stuff, but we have weeks before COVID. I mean, I guess next week's preview, Dr. Viviana is with them. But there's just not enough expert intervention that I'm just so surprised. Like, how did this, how and why? What's the point? So that kind of sums up how I actually feel about this week's episode is because I feel like people are doing a really good job for the most part this week. But I think some of these couples are just incompatible. But anyway, that's what I thought of this week. What did you think of this week? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I think everybody is still on the same path as they've been on. I'm frustrated with the same people. I am happy with the same people. And I think we're just, I don't know that we are going to be shocked anymore. So I'm just having the same feelings in the same, for for the past weeks. Like, I feel like all the episodes are on the same level of entertainment, if that makes any sense. That does, but I actually saw some growth this week. I don't have the same feelings, I think, for everybody as I did last week. Yeah, if I think who I think you're thinking about, I probably disagree. (laughs) That's okay. All right. (laughs) All right, we'll get in and we'll start. We'll start with the Golden Children, which is Amani and Woody. They start the episode and they're brushing their teeth together. And in that moment, I realized that I do not like to see people on TV brush their teeth. I don't Amen, know what, sister. but I don't like it. I don't want to see it. And they have a habit of showing it all the time. I guess it's part of the bedtime routine, but yeah. But he's watching her do her hair and he's turned on. And I appreciate the fact that they're attracted to each other. I should say more Woody. Woody's more expressive. That Woody's very attractive to Amani and he's vocal about it. It's one thing to just be and it's one thing to not know because a lot of men, you're just like, oh, you didn't tell me I'm beautiful. Of course you know I'm beautiful. Or of course you know I love you. But Woody's expressive about it and I appreciate it. I feel like Amani is still holding back. Like, I don't think they're equal in terms of like expressing stuff, but she seems to appreciate that. Do you get that sense too? That she might not be as expressive, but she appreciates Woody being a- Yeah, she's always very receptive. And I yeah. think Woody pretty perceptive. He would never work with someone who wouldn't, like, accept that side of him. So yeah. I think that she, I agree with you, that she, she doesn't say it as much, but she's receptive to him. And I think that encourages him, obviously, to just keep on doing it. Yes, and it helps with her getting to the stage that he is, because obviously, with feelings, he's ahead of where she, actually, I think they're on the same level. She's just still scared, but Anyways, I found it weird that we go into their um, section and we had a caption that said one day ago. Did you catch that? Yes. <laughs> what does one day ago? Just show us the day and then show us the next day. What is one day ago? Who has talked about that? Watching this show. Well, anyways, that is married at first night for you. That continuity is so terrible on this show, but that's okay. So they talk about the things that they've learned about each other. Woody is a morning person and she's a night person. I'm with Amani on this. I do not understand morning people. I don't know how you get up chipper. I don't know how you have the energy to do anything. I wake up angry in the morning. Not angry, but I'm not a morning person. So I found that very interesting. Um, we get the first glimpse of Corona because they're sitting at the dining at the island in the kitchen. And she mentions how hand sanitizers are on back order. And he had me thinking, I wonder what month this was. If it was February, if it was March or how soon we are on to, to lockdown. Because you said we have five more episodes. 
or something? Yeah, I think we have seven more episodes. I don't know if that yeah. includes the reunion. So the timeline, they got married around Valentine's Day. So February 14th through the 16th, I think, was when all the weddings happened. Okay. Theoretically, so, and- they've been married for three weeks at this point. So we should be, February is a short month. So they should be in the first week of March right about now. March right about now. So yeah, I'm just trying to think how they packed, because shutdowns ha- happened, like, you should be in about three weeks. I'm trying to see how they packed seven episodes worth of stuff in whatever weeks are coming up. And it's also sort of like just surreal to see all this happening and they have no idea what's about to hit in the coming months. But yeah, she mentions that. And then they start talking. Somehow she goes into um, how... So it was interesting because I was like, oh, this is our first glimpse of coronavirus. But the only reason we even had that glimpse is because it led to a very natural conversation that the two of them had. Because she was talking about... He was saying, oh, it's not a big deal unless you smoke heavily. By the way, for the entire conversation, I actually wanted to cry a little because I could see these two people on my screen who have no idea what's about to come. And now that we have had six months of this, I'm just like, y'all just don't know. Y'all don't know. Um, And I'm sure a lot of people had that feeling watching. But he said, oh, it's not a big deal unless you smoke heavily. And then she said her mom would, her mom is a smoker and her mom has cigarettes and she's not able to you know, get her mom to stop smoking. And then she mentioned um, something to the effect, like if she tried to take her mom's cigarettes when she was younger, that she would probably get spent for that. And he didn't think that was a big deal because he's like, I got spent every day. And that led to a conversation about what it would be about their kids and how, you know, they would handle it with their kids. Amani is strictly against um, spanking your kids. And Woody was like, well, it's a good form of, you know, disciplining your kids. She goes, no. It's a form of corporal punishment. But then she makes a good point, which is about his kids that he tutors. And she's like, you're not going to want to spank them when they do something wrong because you can't, but you still make your point across. And then they're, you know, straightened out. And he goes, he receives that. I appreciate that he wasn't like gung-ho because I can't help it. But I compared it to like Olivia, who whenever she decides on something, it's like she's stuck on it. Olivia's not a flexible person. And she's just like, well, this is what I believe. And it doesn't mean that it's that. But um, I think Woody was receptive to like, oh, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way. But Amani makes it clear that he is not going to spank their children. And for her, that's a deal breaker. Did you think that was extreme? I did not think it was extreme. But I, she's not being flexible. She's throwing a, a deal breaker. This is a line in the sand for me. The way that she does it is very effective. Because she really is putting the ball in his court. She, she's like, this is the way I see it. This is a non-negotiable for me. Do what you wish with it. I, it was it was kind of great. I don't know if we should go into this, but what do you think of her stance? Do you agree or disagree? I, for one, I personally, I don't mind spanking because I understand what he's saying. I'm not saying pummel the kid and beat the kid till the black and blue. Like just spanking, you know, when necessary. It's not going to be an all the time thing. But I feel like it does go into something deeper for Amani. I mean, I don't know what it is, but she definitely sees it as, like she said, corporal punishment. But I think it was a little, for for her to say it's a cause for divorce, that's where I think like that is very strong. Like she stands really strongly for this. She's entitled to how she feels, but I do think they need to be on the same page. Which is why I specifically called out Woody for being receptive. It wasn't a case where it was, you know, there are loggerheads and he's like, nope, my kids are being spanked. They're not going to be spoiled. And she's like, nope, my kids are not going to be spanked. He was being receptive and she was making her stance clear. She wasn't saying it in, like you said, she wasn't saying it like, 
no, you're a bad person. How would you want to do it to a kid? She's like, I see where you stand. I just respectfully do not agree with it. But this is where I stand. And if you're with me or if you're not. So I don't know if this will come up again, but Woody seemed receptive to it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they resolve that. So again, once I mentioned, I don't know if that's going to come up again or if they're going to solve that. But I think... I respect the fact that they're adulting in this relationship. So I don't think it's something that would be a huge hurdle. I feel like they can talk about it and they can reach, you know, an, an agreement at some point. But later on in the night, Amani and Woody are all dressed up and they're out for date night. And he's like giving her compliments as usual. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you took the time that you did to dress up. Um, eight, I'm not being petty, but she didn't look like she had any makeup on. I did not notice that. Side note, in Unfiltered, Amani had her hair slicked back and she looked bomb. I should have mentioned that. But uh, I didn't even note. I actually was more paying attention to their clothes. And I was like, these two look like they could be at the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, they look they good. that good. But yeah, and he asked her, he came up with a conversation. Um, For those of you who watch Frequently, they did show us like a preview where it looked like, you know, they were fighting or had a fight, but it really wasn't because he asked her if saying that he loves her puts pressure on her. And she goes, yes and no. Yes, it does, because she doesn't want him like falling out or thinking like, you know, she doesn't feel that same way. But no, it doesn't. It does. It, she doesn't feel pressure because they don't have to be on the same, you know, frequency on that. So they just talked about it. But then he makes mention of the fact that, well, you can't just leave me because we're married. And Amani, I feel like Amani sometimes get. She just tries to test his patience. Sometimes she's like, "Who says I can't leave? Even though we're married?" He's like, "No, we're married. You have to file papers. You have to file documents, and that I don't know." <laughs> like. Well, duh, <laughs> it can't be done. And he's like, you can't just leave. And Amani just keeps saying, well, I can. You can't tell me what. I think Amani doesn't like being told what to do or being told like you can't do certain things. But And um... I feel like Woody has a tendency to tell her. That, that's I think that's why I like her so much. I think Woody has a tendency to tell her what she can and can't do. And she's very straight with him. Like, no, you will not be doing that. <laughs> I mean, this was kind of a silly argument because it's like, who cares if there's paperwork or documents? And yeah. it's, it's kind of strange to tell someone you can't leave me. And Amani <laughs> is like, yeah, I can. <laughs> it's true. Cause that was just funny. He's like, you can't leave. It's marriage. And I'm just like, you know, when people think like, Oh, it's just hard. I mean, I know people say it's harder when it's marriage, but honestly, with the rate of divorces, if you want to leave, you're going to leave. Um, We're going to talk about it later, but I do think he asked that question based on the meetup he had with Miles. Did you think that? You know, I, I, I didn't put that those two together, but you're right. Yeah, I think it was that, but we'll talk about it more in detail when we um, talk about their meetup, but that was where um, I actually thought. But other than that, they had a good week. I think Amani and Woody were on the same level. You know, they talked about stuff. I love how they can talk about the where they are in opposing views, and one person is not being condescending to the other because of where they stand. Brett! <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, they're adulting, they're communicating, he's giving the compliments, everyone's feeling comfortable, they're finding their groove, and, you know, go on forth, Amani and Woody, I'm still here for them. They're learning about each other, it's really nice. Yes, it is. Did you have anything else? No. Oh, boy. Okay. Christina and Henry. We're going for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Christina and Henry, uh, you know, they come on, and I get all tense, and I'm just like, oh, what are they going to give us this week? But, you know, Christina is telling us that for one, she's being honest to us. And she's like, 
marriage is not the fairy tale whirlwind that I thought it would be. And they're going on, you know, introducing us to their, their domestic. I think the theme of this week was supposed to be like easing into their lives, their domestic chores and things like that. So she's asking him how he folds his towels. And then Henry admits to us that they still have awkwardness, but they still have, but it's kind of cool that they're developing routines and things. I'm like, is that really true? Or is he just saying that? But anyways, there are two couples that meet up this week. Um, it was Christina Henry, Olivia and Brett, and Amani and Woody. And then we had Karen and Miles and Amelia and Bennett. So at the meetup, they went to get some crawfish, which looks so good. Eh? Do you like crawfish? I had crawfish one time, never again. Too much work, not enough food. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good. And for those who don't know, like crawfish in New, in New Orleans is so good. The last time I went to New Orleans, I bought some, took it on the plane with me, brought it back home. Like it's so good. So I felt so envious of them. So everyone's talking about how they feel, how they're feeling. Christina and Harry are silent. Like, Amani just, you know, because, listen, Amani used to take over from Jamie. I wonder if Jamie's shaking her boots because Amani asked the question. She didn't need producers' questions. She just went straight up and was asking, how's everybody feeling? Are Olivia and um, Brett, are you increasing in like? And they're hee-hawing. Like, honestly, I think I tune out when they talk because I don't believe anything they say because whenever we see them, they're just tensed up. And that's Olivia and Brett, I mean. Christina, so they're talking, Amani and Woody are talking also, saying how they're learning about each other, they're doing things. But did you find that Christina and Henry were silent? Oh, yeah, they, they made a point to show us how Christina and Henry have nothing to contribute to this conversation. No, they were just silent. And a sidebar. And again, there's nothing wrong with repeating your clothes. I do. But Christina is repeating her clothes again. So did she not get all her stuff out again from storage? Because I'm like, why am I noticing this? I've never noticed that in all the years. And I don't know why I assume that they get a clothing budget. I, I doubt it. I probably made this up in my head, but most reality shows, they give them a clothing budget. So I doubt that too. I remember reading an article about when you get cast on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, it's really hard because you have to go out and spend thousands of, some people spend thousands of dollars on new clothes to make sure you have clothes for everything that you're not repeating outfits. Yeah. Another reality show, someone got dinged for spending $500 on makeup or whatever because you have to put makeup on every day. Like it's a lot. It's a lot to be cast for a reality show. I think Christina's just revealing to us that, like, she's a normal person who repeats clothes and she didn't go buy all new clothes to be on TV. <laughs> so, anyways, so Harry tells them, so they finally force them to speak because Amani and Woody have that magic. And Harry says, you know, he was not navigating the pressure very well and he's probably not his best, but they're doing better. And they went dancing. They talked about going to golf. And Henry even goes as far as saying that, you know, when they were dancing, Christina looked sexy. I popped up my head to know if I heard break because I was like, is this Henry talking? And is he talking about Christina? And everybody else felt the same. So I didn't feel so weird because everyone was like, oh, Woody tells us like, wow, they seem happier. I'm like, yikes, I don't know about that. But, you know, even Christina's happy. You know, this is the first time he's called her sexy or said anything good. So Christina says she's beginning to realize that she likes him. You know, and I think I believe her. I think I believe her too. I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's, it's an off statement considering everything they've been through. But I believed her when she said that. I do want to say what Woody's quote, which I feel the need to read here because I just loved it. The simple okay. fact that you said amongst other people that your wife is sexy. That means some you're doing something right. Now, next, do you want to kiss your wife? Do you want to have sex with your wife? That's what Woody said. 
was like, Woody and Amani are pretty good cheerleaders. You know, like Woody wants this to work for Henry and Christina. Like, I think they all, you know, the one thing I will say for most, of, for, for the most part, for most of the couples on this, it's a unique journey. I agree with that. We'll never know what it's like. So I think because they all know what it takes to be in it, they all just want it to work for each other. That part, I, I don't think I've seen anyone that's that mean-spirited that they don't want it to work. So I think I appreciate that about, you know, most of the Married at First Sight cast. So, so they separate, and Amani and Henry, like we've mentioned before, I think the producers are just like, just throw it to Amani and Woody. Just any way we can, just get them. They'll get it out of them. Amani and Henry separate, and she's asking him questions about it. And she said, obviously, you like Christina. What's not to like? She's great. And I took a deep breath and I said, you know, sometimes, you know, who people are and friendships and other things are not exactly who they are in relationships. But you know what? If Amani thinks Christina is great, who am I to judge? But I took a little, "Eh, don't know about that. And then he flat out says, well, there's this thing about her impatience. And if it doesn't resolve, there is zero chance that this will work. And I was, you know, how is it that they get Henry to speak, but when he's in front, well, it's not that far-fetched, is it? But when he's in front of Christina, he doesn't speak for most of the part. So this was the most that we knew about feelings. We've all known that, but he's never said it out loud. He has said it to her. No, not that Um, she's not, that. oh, that there's zero chance. He's told her that she's impatient, but- Yes, the yes. Fact that's, that- he's told her the impatient thing before. No, I know that. I mean, he said he's, she's so impatient, but if it doesn't resolve that, that if I don't resolve that within myself, I don't think there's zero chance of this working. I don't think he's told her that it's something that he can't work back past. I know he's told her about the impatience, but he's never told her that it's so huge that it's something that I don't think I can work past and we can make it through. So that's what I mean by communication. I feel like there's like digging into like, well, the the nitty gritty of like, well, you said and then, but you didn't say. And this goes into how, like what's going to come later. But he has expressed to her that her impatience is a problem for him. So I guess him telling that to Amani using the terms like deal breaker or I can't get past it. Maybe that's like a little bit further, but it's not, I'm not seeing a huge difference between the two. I think there is. I think when you meet someone and you're with them and there's something that they tell you and you be like, Hey, it's really hard for me that you do this or whatever, but you know, maybe I can work through it. Maybe it's not like, it's not something I like because when you meet someone, you're never going to get someone that's hundred percent. Your whole goal is whether you can match that if their negatives are something you can handle or not. So when that happens, you're like, oh, can I work through it or can I not? Now, when something is an absolute deal breaker, like I cannot do this. It's like Amani telling Woody, like, I don't like the fact that you believe in hitting kids. I don't want it to happen, but eh, we'll see. Then I don't like the fact that you hit kids. That is a deal breaker for me. I don't know if I can work through this. So I think that's where the difference is. There's a difference between I don't like the impatience because we all have flaws. It's a flaw that you have that is different from me and I have to get used to that. And I don't like the fact that you're impatient. I don't think I can ever see you in any way in my life because of this impatience. So mm. okay. So um Amani, um, the girls get back together. They separate also. So it's Amani, Christina, and Olivia. And Amani tells Christina um what happens and she's miffed at the fact that he's never told her that. Christina says she gets mixed messages, like all the things that he said. This is the first time. Even the fact that he thought that she was sexy at the dance, he never even expressed that to her. And 
she said something like the whole impatience thing I know about it but honestly I think it's a cop out and I think I have to agree with her I think like this whole you said it last week that he keeps mentioning this impatience and all that we get it we know but I think it's also like a cop he's just repeating it at this point but he doesn't want to just say I'm just not that into you it's just everybody's entitled to their deal breakers but rudeness and impatience I actually could see that being a deal breaker yeah but the way he keeps on saying it i'm like you don't if you literally liked everything else about her you would move past this yes yeah you would consider it like but instead every week we have to hear the word impatient i'm like can you look up at the source (laughs) like (laughs) find a new word (laughs) so after the meetup, Christina and Henry are back at the apartment. Of course, they're drinking again. They're pouring each other wine. And Christina just asks him flat out, like, why am I hearing? She confronts him with everything that Amani told him. And she goes, why am I hearing this through a third party? As usual, Henry is beating around the bush. He's hemming and hawing. And she's like, I just want to know if you're dancing around just so you're not the bad guy on camera. And she's like, if you want me to be the biggest asshole, just let me know. You come up with an angel. Like, Christina was not mincing words. And at this point, I have to agree with her. Like we say every week, she's so frustrated from putting all it is. Just let me know what you want from me she even asked what can i do do you see your future what do you want to do that will make this work and he says if you want me to make a choice now no i don't see your future can you get over it he says i don't know but i'm willing to try do you believe him Abe? i actually do believe him i was actually very proud of christina very very proud of her yes for once they were actually fighting about their relationship instead of the process itself (laughs) <laughs> or the cameras. And and I really appreciated that neither one of them stormed off during this argument. Yes. They just had a conversation and they appeared to be pretty honest with each other. Yes. At this point though, because Christina actually has done something, and I don't think she did it on purpose, but this is masterful. Because now this impetus is on Henry. Yep. Like he has to start, and I think he has started putting himself out there actually doing his best which he had not been doing before so Hmm. i I feel like they both left this conversation looking both of them looked good for different reasons um and i'm i was like oh god these people are gonna fake me out there (laughs) might be hope here well but can i ask you a question when you say that harry's starting to put himself out which he hasn't done before what did he do that is it talking to amani no by saying to christina he was honest with her about where they are in their relationship and he agreed and committed to seeing the process through for i don't know how long that's gonna last it might only last a week or two he we have to wait to see him do it but even like the golf and the salsa dancing he i feel like he has been trying and that's more than he was doing before grading on a curve you know yeah yeah yeah. i hear you yeah um yeah i i appreciate that he said i know i'm willing to try i do believe him also i think deep down he knows it's not a fit but he really wants it because he did mention something like i've tried my way in the past and it hasn't worked for me so i have to you know give it my all but i still think he's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole but he is going to try his best but you're right i agree with everything you said because he does apologize i don't know if Henry has ever apologized to the fact where I felt like he meant it, but he apologized to her. And, you know, I think Christina left the conversation feeling hopeful because like we said earlier, I do think she likes him and she does want this to work. So if Henry- they can keep to the commitments that they made in that conversation, and this goes back to like our original discussion about, about bad matches. At this point, you want people to be able to leave this saying that they tried, that yeah. they gave it everything they could. And if they can just do that, 
even if they don't work out at the end, it's okay. Like the yeah. two, they they can walk out knowing they they did their best. Yes, yeah. So Henry comes back with a bowl of questions um, to get to know each other better since they struggle to say what they're thinking. And I'm like, Henry, that's just you, boo. Because Christina is always clear about what she's <laughs> thinking. She doesn't struggle. But I was curious about the bowl of questions because the previews for next week, that is what the couples were doing. So I don't know if this is another case of timing gone wrong and they just spliced it in. But yeah. But and the, the bulletins have come before the questions from last week about love and all that. Like that was a Hail Mary last week. Experts <laughs> refused to show up. They're just like, just put a paper and let them <laughs> figure it out. But I'm curious to see if they're still gonna have bullet questions next week, if that's the theme for next week. So they're just gonna be answering questions. But yeah, so they asked about her biggest fear, and she said she was scared to stop having fun during the process i thought that that was an interesting answer i don't know if it was just to make henry get up and be like have fun i want to have fun but she says that was her bigger fear the next question she picks was filling the blanks what i think i can promise you is and i liked henry's answer he was like i will be loyal i will treat you with respect and i will keep trying what did you think of that i liked it you know same as before like i'm like if you could do that that would be great that would be great exactly not just words put it but her answer was like she wanted to work because she wants to be married to a good person and she really thinks that henry is a good person and they both think that there's momentum and can i say that i probably had a little 0.01 shift that could they make this work because if they do aid if they do this will be earned of the century i still don't <laughs> your work but i had a little momentum like you know what these kids might be all right but nah it was just a flicker <laughs> i had the same flicker <laughs> and then when i have that flicker i'm like am i being punked right now <laughs> you are <laughs> am my eyes seeing what my eyes were seeing <laughs> but when i watch the show i always start with oh i hope all five couples make it and i still have that hope now i'm like if, it would be really great if you could it would it would but because honestly and i get you know there's no couple unless you're so terrible when you again when you get on this show you have to have reached your wit's end to join the show it's so difficult to be on the show that you have it'd be nice to have something to show for it that you know you you can't help but wish them well you know yeah yeah but yeah that's all i had for them did you have anything else no just hopes and prayers Uh, thoughts and prayers too Move on to Amelia and Bennett, who kind of irritated me. This, but <laughs> they, they still make me happy. Don't get me wrong. But anyways, they start with you know their usual banter and they're going back and forth. But Bennett starts again. I know I've said that I like the way Bennett strings words together. But he was talking and he said, "My mom used to tell me when I was younger, I don't care if you fall in love with a man, woman, or animal. They couldn't even edit out the animal part. Like what?" <laughs> Okay. So they're working on um the chores, the chore draft that they said they were going to be. And Bennett is very particular about it. He's like, well, we have different ways of keeping home. And, you know, <laughs> I'm surprised that he's the one that's the more particular and the more tidy one of the two of them. Because I still have it in my head how you said it unfiltered. His hy- I guess it's hygiene and keeping house different things. Apparently Bennett likes to clean his house, but not his body. 
Okay, yeah, because that's what I kept thinking about because I just thought the two would be together like he doesn't. So this whole episode when he was very particular about cleaning and stuff, I was like, whoa, he's about it. But he seemed, I don't know, this whole week, he seemed, he's still enamored by her, but he seemed annoyed because he didn't mention that you laugh so much. And I'm like, that is so true. Why is this girl always laughing? Like, (laughs) as a person, I'm not a terrible person, guys, but when someone is always so happy, I'm just always like, suspicious of over happy people like you cannot be that happy i mean i'm sure you guys exist but you know i don't know what to do with that so when he was like you do laugh a lot huh and i was like that is so true Ben, and she does but maybe the girl is just happy you know i'm just but anyway when they start to draft my first instinct, like, you know, Bennett writes down all the different chores and then you start picking, you know, one by one. My first instinct was to poo-poo the draft, like, geez, just do the work. But honestly, I appreciate this because this is how people get into resentment. You see couples who are like, oh, I get to do this, I do this, and you don't do this. And then you find like, there's not a balance of stuff. But this way, everyone gets to pick, you know, what they're doing and everyone knows what they're doing. And then, you know, it's an agreement and you get to do it. What do you think of the draft, eh? I I thought the draft was a good method, but I was like, did you guys really get into the details about when these things should be done, how often they should be done? Because that's what gets people. Yeah, they talked about it. So they talked about it earlier where they said how often you said, they said it could be weekly. So someone doesn't get stuck with it forever. But she did bring up a point where she says, I don't know how sustainable this is because I'm the breadwinner and I'm going to be doing so much work um, outside the house. I'm not going to have time. I just expected that he would do it. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I think she has a point. I think they should cross that bridge and have that discussion now. I'm like, why are you telling the camera about this? Why don't you go tell Bennett about how you don't want to do any housework (laughs) when you're in residency? Which I'm fully supportive of. But, (laughs) you know, I don't really want to do housework either. Um, But I'm like, "You you guys need to talk about this. Yeah, but I think for now, they just said they'll do weekly but until they get to their, well, her residency and then her schedule picks up, maybe the draft picks up. I don't know. But we see them um, cooking. I feel like they're always cooking. Every time I see them, they're cooking something. So um, Bennett is making something that sounds delicious, except for the fact that tofu is involved. Tofu with peanut sauce and asparagus. asparagus. I like asparagus a lot. And like I said, I like the way Bennett moves his wor- uses his words. He's like, you know, Amelia was emotionally generous when I was sick. So this is a gesture of gratitude and he's cooking because he adores her and wants to show it to her. And there's a knock at the door, which is a surprise that he has for her. And it is Bennett's friends, Joanna and Rachel. Hey, do you want to take a stab at describing what <laughs> the customs were? Because I thought I could. They're just like creatures. I don't know what his say pilgrims. I was like, I don't know what. I can't describe these clothes. One looked like a pretzel in front of her face. I, 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 let's just say the outfits were weird. It was very weird. And then the okay, one was like a headpiece. You know, like the the astrological sign for a Taurus, like a ram horn. I think that's what she was going for. But it was white, and it was on her head. And the other was dressed like a mix, a cross between like a nun's habit and like a saint on a stained window. I'm, you know what? I don't know what it is, but even when they open the door, the fact that these two are so well matched, I thought they were Amelia's friends. I can't tell who is Amelia or Bennett's friends, but they're just all, you know, eccentric together. But she, he got them to come sing for her and they were singing a folksy song that sounds like something she would sing or what she played for him 
the other day and you know it was really nice and Amelia is really enjoying it and swaying her head and she's so touched by it and I just realized that they're the only couple that we haven't seen angry right yeah, but I mean that's about to change isn't it I mean yeah just... some people don't go to that anger level maybe they just don't reach that level I loved the music. I hated the costumes. And I did not understand how the costumes were related to the music because they weren't. And something I thought about when Bennett first came on on the first episode and he said, I'm a theater director, blah, blah, blah. I was like, are you coming on the show to like increase your exposure? (laughs) And the fact that we've had so many guest appearances (laughs) from his people, I'm like, okay. I guess this is a romantic gesture or you're promoting your theater company because why are these people singing with these costumes on? Because that is the kind of thing that Amelia would appreciate. That's just the beauty of these people. It's just, you do that for me and I'm looking at like, what? But for someone like Amelia, you have just rocked her world. <laughs> Minus the costumes, you could have rocked my world too, but... I mean, her top was like a costume too. It was like the pink top that was all too... That's her figure skating outfit. No, it's a different one. The first one is like blue. This one was pink. And I just wondered, I was like, where does she shop? And my guess is that she shops at thrift shops. Okay. Or you know, costume stores. Or costume <laughs> <laughs> funny. So anyway, um, Bennett asked her if he's, oh, they go to a park. Um, This is after all the celebration. They go to a park. And Ben asked her if there, if all her emotional needs, if there's anything he's doing not meeting her emotion that are not being met. And she's just like, hmm, can't think of anything. And then he tells us that he's feeling warm and gooey about her and he's close to his low point. And it looks like Bennett is the one asking all the questions this week's. And then he moves on and asks, is there anything that I've done that annoys you? She still can't think of anything, but she says something which I think was good. She doesn't see the need in picking out annoying little things. And I think that it's easy to brush that off, but there are people like that, but it's not something a lot of us are gifted at. And I think it's actually a blessing when you're in a relationship. Very true. Because see, and I was, this is funny, because I was like, girl, just clearly he wants something, so just come up yeah. with something. Yeah. <laughs> and she was yeah. like, but I don't, why would I sit there and pick at you for a little thing? I, you're, you're making me see it from a different perspective, because I think he was a little bit frustrated. He's like, we're yeah, here he was. to address things, and you're not, like, participating. You're being too yeah. happy. Yes, <laughs> she was being too happy. But honestly, this whole episode just rocked me to my core, because it was just weird that he was the more realistic one like he was just realistic about everything like about doing chores about addressing stuff and he says to us that he's concerned that she may be unconditionally enamored (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like he just seemed peeved like he actually really asked her are you really that tolerant like he was just annoyed at this point so um that's very interesting because all this while all we've seen was Bennett being accommodating and all that but it gets to the point. And I've asked this question from the beginning. Is Amelia ever going to go beyond the surface? That, that's all we've been getting. Like, is this really how she is or is it an act? I don't know. It might be how she is. Now that we're like 10 episodes in, I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't think you're faking. Yeah, I mean, she told us who she was. She said, I don't see red flags. I just love people. I just fall and then that's it. But Bennett seems to have a problem with it. Like Bennett wants to have a problem. Not that he wants to have a problem. I think the realistic part of him is just you know, kicking in in high gear. I think he's more like, this can't be too good to be true. Like, how can we be this? How well could, I think 
part of moving the relationship forward for him. He's like, let's have some problems to work through because then we'll be a real couple. <laughs> yeah. And I can fully fledgedly say, yeah, we're in it. But yeah, I'm very part- impressed with their tandem bicycle riding with the hand holding. That was cute. It was like a rom com. But yeah, that's all I had for them. I I'm I have nothing more. And so we can roll right on into Olivia and Brett. So they show right. these two talking about chores, going to make coffee. And then they do the whole like part that everybody's doing about domestic life. So they make the bed together and she says she's annoyed making the bed with someone else. What is wrong <laughs> with you? I'm telling you, ever <laughs> since you mentioned it, I'm like, Olivia has to relax and transition from being solo to married. Every episode they make her or they keep repeating what she said. I got married because I want someone to do things with. But then she seems annoyed when... <laughs> She has to do these things. Like, he's just making a bed. This is when you you, you take um, Amelia's approach. Like, it's the little things. Yeah, you may be annoyed, but, you know, suck it up. And then they were kind of, like, not bickering, but, like, whether the tags are on the bottom or the tags are on the top. And it's just, like, who cares? <laughs> but you know what? She uh, In this interaction about making the bed, she did call him honey. And I was like, oh. Um, so after they, like, do some domesticity, um, she says to us it's been harder than she imagined, but today she's excited because they're going to do something. He's going to include her in one of his hobbies. And Brett says it's way more fun when you have someone with you for rock climbing, indoor wall climbing is what yeah. they were doing. And so they start and Olivia is belaying. And I appreciate the people in my life who who climb things because that's what how I knew what this was. <laughs> and um, he does it and she's like, you know, encouraging him and it's fine. And then he comes down and then she goes up and he's very, very encouraging and like supportive, kind of like with Christina and Henry with the golf. Yeah. Um, he did have to throw in some sarcasm in there where she's like, I need a foot. And he's like, you have two. And I was like, you just can't, you can't, you can't go five minutes without it. Can you? <laughs> but it really was a positive time for them which was nice it, to see it was but i still felt that there wasn't an underlying tension mm, where did you think the tension came from olivia's fed up <laughs> <laughs> she seemed really happy to go out and do something though yeah i think it is i think she said he likes rock climbing so let's do something on his turf and see if you know it's better and i know they laughed like trust me I, it could be me just reading meaning into it like yeah they laughed and all that but what olivia really liked is the bougie stuff <laughs> this outdoor stuff because she's trying to reel him in but you know she is an active person too so maybe it's middle ground and stuff because there was a moment where when she was on ground i was like kiss 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 i'm still looking for pda guys and instead they're telling each other what's up what's up what's up but yeah i don't know maybe it's just me but i just felt that was a little so then uh, you know we did a brett activity um in the middle they met up with the group and there wasn't much for there that there but then they go and do an olivia activity so she goes to bar trivia with her friends and her cousin and she takes him and they sit down and the guy starts describing some of the rules of bar trivia um things like elderly actress who's really popular um house where the president lives the answer would be like betty white house and he's all like that's not trivia (laughs) then he brings his negative energy and his bad intentions (laughs) 
to this yeah. stupid trivia night. And everything is like, oh, the next category is TV commercials. Oh, I haven't watched TV in like a decade. Yeah. Brett, what did you think? Not much. And even the way he's like holding himself as he's sitting in the chair, like clearly people are socializing and talking around him. And he's just kind of like looking up and not really like interacting. Yeah. I think they were trying to make it seem like Olivia stormed out, but I don't think she actually did that. I think she just kind of like walked out when it was done. And then she goes and talks to her cousin about how frustrated and annoyed she is that like he can't even have fun at trivia and that he doesn't look like he's interested in being there and her cousin says it says a lot about a person if they can interact with your friends and family and i was like no if they can just interact with other human beings (laughs) (laughs) well can i say for that part i i think my understanding of that is like listen you can be a dick like well i guess you're right it's just being human beings but i feel like it's one thing where even if you think it's stupid, her friends and family are there. Like, if it's with my friend, if whatever, just try and fake it. Like, if you can't fake it for me, that just shows how much you don't care. Because yeah. there's a lot you just think are just dumb and just stupid. Like, human beings, eh, co-workers, eh, I don't have anything for you. But, oh, this is someone I care about. I'm sure she's trying to make a good impression. Because Olivia always has learned. She always tries to lead Brett in with a compliment. She called him a walking book of knowledge. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's just going to make his head swell even more. But she tried, and, his fr- and her friends and family were trying. They didn't have to be like, hey, Brett, what do you think? Hey, Brett, they were just trying to draw him in. And he can't help himself. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. Why are we even here? Like, like just try. Like I said, I know and I think that he's checked out. But just, and I don't like this hot and coldness, which I think was a theme this episode. Don't be nice one second. And, and I know you mentioned that in Filtered, where he, she said he's different in front of the cameras. But this hot and cold thing, I don't like it in real life. I don't like it on my TV. I don't know where you stand. And I can't even imagine how frustrating it is for her. Because it's like they can have fun doing something when it's his thing. But when it's her thing, it's like, I'm yeah. just going to check out like I sometimes am. Or it's just, it's. So yeah, they had a bad week and they had a bad week last week. So I'm sure next week they'll be faking us out with some good footage. They didn't even show the We didn't get much of Olivia and Brett. It was pretty much this. Yeah. (laughs) So any more for them? No, I don't have anything. I was just frustrated. I'm tired of being angry every time I see Brett. I really am. I don't get angry every time I see him because I'm, I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, this could be it. This is the week where Brett starts acting. (laughs) like a normal human being so i'm always hopeful in fact even next week i'm like maybe i'll have a good week next week i really like olivia and even her on unfiltered i'm just like i just i feel good positive energy from you so i want this to work but they're they're not doing much to really encourage that so next up we have karen and miles so they start with the sad music Mm. karen left the apartment before we start on karen and miles i did want to mention that we got a message from a listener rachel who was talking about last week's fight, as we know how Karen Amalf ended up talking about intimacy. And she feels that the timeline was moved or switched. I don't know if anybody else noticed because we didn't last week and said like at the dinner, Karen had lavender nail polish, but the rest of his scenes were with the old orange nail polish from last week. So it's almost like they had that conversation on the bed, which then led to Miles bringing the chef over as making up for the fight because of something that she would like. So I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but just wanted to bring it to her attention that Rachel wanted to let us know. But to answer her question, we didn't notice any of that. Right, Eight? Nope. 
And the thing is, there's so much production going on that we're trying to spot and that we see. Like certain things like with Bennett being sick and the timeline of last week, he was clearly past being sick. So all these things together is like, uh, we know they're fudging with the timelines. Yeah, we're just rolling with it. (laughs) Karen left the apartment, which I was actually shocked by. I did not expect that to be an outcome of last week's fight, but she left because he made her upset. Were you surprised that she left? I did not like that aid. That really got me back to, you know, where I stand on Karen. When you sign up for the show, I'm not surprised. I'm sorry to answer your question. I'm not surprised. This is Karen is the prototype of the person that I said I don't want on this show. Because I remember when that happened in Atlanta. I forget the couple, the black couple. And she left also. When you're married to someone, yes, it's married at first sight. But in real life, if you're married to someone, do you just leave the house? Like, isn't this all practice for, you know, being married to someone? Why are you going to leave the house, not tell them where you are, have someone else worry, knowing how Miles is, just because he said something? Like, oh, no, I was not happy about that. I wasn't happy with her leaving the house either. So they're both kind of giving us a rundown of, he, from his perspective, we, he's like upset with himself for upsetting her. She's saying like, we just had our first kiss. Where's the sex talk coming from all of a sudden? <laughs> um, <laughs> is he, once again, she's questioning his intentions and what kind of person he is. Is he able to be patient? And what was his intent? Miles was like, I just thought we were joking around. <laughs> We've been more affectionate lately. So I thought the next step was to talk about intimacy. And she says, you know, I want to talk to him. Um, And she says she doesn't know if they can move past it. Oh. So after some time away, Karen is ready to talk. And she just said she was really upset. Then she lied. I don't mind you talking to you about intimacy. That, that's a lie. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a lie. And then she said, the way you did it really caught me off guard. I'm like, no, it wasn't the way he did it. It was a thing. And you can say that. Yeah. She's just like, I didn't understand where that came from. Okay, that's legitimate. You can say that. Yes, we're married. I know sex at some point is going to come up, but we just kissed for the first time a few days ago. And then she said, in that moment, she felt unsafe. That was so harsh. Well, and then I thought about it. Did she mean physically unsafe or emotionally unsafe? I think she means emotionally you know how women they always say women want to feel safe and secure with their man like just emotionally but i don't want to feel like you know you're expecting something from me and i don't feel safe but i don't think she meant physically because honestly the word unsafe is just terrible that i'm like you should know the kind of person miles is using that word is i i hope i'm I'm right i don't know i'm guessing actually that that's what she meant Well, it's interesting because then I was like, okay, she said knowing someone for a few weeks does not grant you access to them physically. And she didn't feel safe in her own home. So I was like, you mean physically unsafe. (laughs) And she's entitled to feel that way. And like, people don't get into things here. So we don't know what Karen's past is. Yeah. So I'm not going to judge. She's allowed to feel unsafe. And I think she's allowed to leave. But I almost have to be like, do you really, if you really think that of Miles, I'm not sure you should be here. Yes, exactly. I think that's part of it. You know how sometimes people do stuff to you, but you kind of have to like what you, I I get it. They're strangers, whatever. But you got to have a feel of what the person is to know like their intention couldn't be anything that he's respected you so far. Like, I don't think he's giving her anything besides this joke that went too far for her to have cause to feel physically unsafe. But, you know, like you said, she's allowed to feel how she feels, I guess. But then there was interesting how she ended it, where she's just like, that said, I want us to be more attentive and considerate in what we say or do. So I'm going to be more affectionate. (laughs) 
But I thought, you know what, this is something. So Miles apologizes, which is good. That's fine. But he once again makes one of those like promises you'll never be able to keep. Oh, I'll never upset you like this again or something like that. And it's like, it's not about never upsetting each other. Like, it's about working through stuff. Her leaving, that's not really a good sign. You, once again, like, falling on your sword, I guess it's okay. I don't know. What do you think? I think that, I'll give Karen this. I gave her props because I do think Karen is a good communicator. She's good at expressing, you know, what it is that she's feeling, what it is that she expects, and good on her for following up and saying, you know, her part of what she goes to do better. I don't necessarily think she addressed why she left, how she left. I don't think that was good. I think Miles should have also said that. I didn't like that you left. He didn't know what was going on. I think he did but not like hey this is something that i don't expect you to do instead he's focusing on what you said huge grand gestures i'm never gonna make you that angry i'm so sorry oh i took it too far i don't even know if he believes he took it too far but like just sometimes but again it's that problem he has where he's obsessed with being a husband that he's just enamored by the fact like even when she just said i'll show you some affection he was on cloud 957 and he was so happy and so but sometimes you know say things like she has to have consequences for leaving but everything else that she said I like that she brought it up and I like how she acknowledged it and followed it up with you know something he's asked of her before like oh, I will work on this and you know all of that jazz so after this conversation which ended pretty well I guess yeah they meet up with Amelia and Bennett to play bocce ball and it was a I mean they played they kissed there was a lot of like kissing body parts I didn't actually understand the winning and the losing and the kissing did you oh well I think it was mini games at first so there were two teams between Amelia and Bennett and then Karen and Miles so whoever threw the ball the furthest gets to choose it wasn't even going to be competitive it was Bennett who came up with whoever wins gets to choose a body part or where to kiss so they did that then they had the final death round or lightning round and Miles to win and so in, he got like four kisses yeah and then bennett told i picked the you kiss on the lips <laughs> <laughs> and then i mean you you posted something on our instagram would you like to tell us about that yeah sure <laughs> so it's the final um miles wins and he wins a kiss from karen and there's all these heads Ha ha, before they finally kiss, Miles is all 90-10, it's all a big deal. Amelia and Bennett are just watching, snapping, they finally kiss, not a big deal, it's like a peck, and then that's it. And then they get up, and uh, Mr. Bennett right there is sporting a little boner (laughs) in his shorts. I have to rewind it, I don't know how many times I rewound it to look at it. I thought maybe he had a belt, his shorts kind of bunched up. Now, by the fifth watch, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. The Karen and Miles just turn Bennett on. <laughs> and then, so they do that. And then Miles has an acceptance speech that was actually pretty funny. You know, honestly, the four of them just looked like they had a good time together. They did. They did. And, you know, it's genuine because remember when um, Karen had her first kiss, it was Amelia that she told. Oh, that's right. Do you know what, Aid? I am surprised. You know, when you mentioned Unfiltered that... um. Um, Amani and Olivia were together. I am surprised that Amani and Olivia have an actual friendship more than Amani and Karen. Considering, considering they're married to friends, yeah, and they knew each other before. 
but yeah i'm just surprised that they don't that's why i was like i'm surprised that they even knew each other because they don't seem to again we don't know they only show a snippet they don't seem to be like oh you know click like besties or whatever but i'm surprised that they're not closer friends i just thought they would have put them in together in a scene before but she told you know but the the other thing could be she doesn't want to tell Amani stuff because Amani tells Woody and Woody and Miles are friends. So that's an That's angle. a smart move. That's a smart move. <laughs> so yeah. after, but yeah, it is nice to see the couples all having fun together. Did you catch um, Bennett's ponytail confessional look? Oh, I did. You know, I did. And I, I what's to say? <laughs> <laughs> to say really? I was just like, okay, Bennett, thank you. Look. <laughs> By the time we get to the end of this, there's nothing that Bennett can do or say that will surprise me. Nothing. So Karen and Miles get back to the apartment and they say, they always make things more interesting than they are about Amelia and Bennett. And it's like, that's the truth. I would love to do anything with them because it would be more fun than it would need to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then they do a flashback to them, all four of them sitting on a park bench and they talked about feeling married-ish. And he's like, yeah, I don't know her favorite color. And then they come back and Karen's like, I know your favorite color. It's blue. And she tells him hers is red. And they talk about birthmarks. Karen knows his shoe size. They make jokes about buying shoes. At one point, she calls him young man. Karen, they then they go to bed and Karen says, you know, I'm I'm going to get us a new comforter. Um, And then Karen says, I like snuggling with you. And then she asks him, is that words of affirmation? And Miles is like, I don't know if it's real or not. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was, <laughs> these two are getting very comfortable with each other and i started to think about why i do defend karen a little bit more than you do i think it's because i watch unfiltered and i've seen her on unfiltered and i've seen him on unfiltered and i think they're still together well i mean she did say we got that part where she said i am attracted to my husband and i want to sleep with him eventually but it was a cutaway we didn't see her say it you know to our faces i think i'm just sick of the mixed messages she says this then you know she does something else again i never know i i get that that's all true but then considering they have good vibes about them like they're up and they're down i guess there's a little bit of a roller coaster so as part of like karen's commitment to being more affectionate they go to like couples yoga um miles's socks are so dirty so <laughs> so then they do like a mas- where she's like massaging him per the instructions of the yoga instructor and it's very slow and it's very like sexual um, and that's where she says she's attracted and wants to have physical mi- intimacy and Miles is happy. Um, they just, you know, they, they, those two by themselves end on a good note. Yes. So after all this, Woody and Miles go and get a haircut. Miles' haircut looked good. I'm like, this barber knows what they're doing. He cleaned up. That barber came ready for the camera. Did you see that? <laughs> He was decked out. <laughs> I actually, so when they go for the haircut, actually, they I think they're referred to, you know, they're clearly a support system for each other. Because, you know, men can be friends and then men can be a support. And they're definitely more of a support. And yeah. I think that's probably true in life, not just true in the situation, just based on the way they talk to each other. Yeah. So they talked about holding each other accountable. And then Woody's like, you know, how's it going? And, and Woody says, it's really nice to come home to a wife. And he tells Miles about the I love you conversation. And they just laugh about how coming into this, they would have thought that Miles would be the one to say I love you first. (laughs) And Woody's the one who did it. (laughs) And Miles says, I've never heard him say he loves a woman. I loved Miles' assessment about what would happen if he told Karen that he loved her. He's like, she would run. She would be out the door. (laughs) And he said he's not in love with her yet. And I was actually very proud of him. (laughs) 
I am. I'm like, thank you for being down here on Earth, because sometimes I'm not sure about you. <laughs> he was so uh, happy about his description about Karen. And Miles admits to Woody that he was pissed that she left. And I'm like, why didn't you tell her that? Exactly. Yeah. Why doesn't he ever say it? So Woody's reaction is like, I'd just be, I don't know, I wouldn't be leaving her alone. I'd be calling her phone. We're going to talk. And uh, what did you think of that? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's accurate. That's part of like why I said I'll be pissed. Like, don't let someone worry. Like, it's just rude. Forget the fact that you're even married. Don't just storm out with someone that you live with and they don't know where you are. So, yeah. I mean, there's only so much you could do in terms of like Woody saying he would call her. He would, you know, not let her go. But what is he going to do? Yeah. What, okay, if you had a, if you, well, you do have, if if you did that, if you left, would you prefer the Miles approach or the Woody approach? Um, the Woody approach. That's interesting, me too. <laughs> just like, no, honestly, I think Miles is in a rock and a hard place. It goes back to the question I keep asking all the time. What, it doesn't matter what he does. Karen is going to find a hole in it. If he did that with the Woody approach, you're coming on too strong. If he didn't, well, you didn't even look for me, so I don't even know if you care that much. Like, it doesn't matter, and at some point, he's going to get burnt out, you know, unless they meet in the middle. So, like you said, he says Karen is dictated the pace, dictating mm-hmm. the pace, mm-hmm. and Woody is thrown for, like, Woody, I think his, his mind is a little bit blown about kind of how the situation is. Yeah. And Woody says that he envisioned them on the same path, and that's not where they are, which yeah. I'm like, that was your mistake, because if you ever watch the show, no couple's ever on the same path. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so, but no, it, it really is so annoying because that is a good point. Who and who made the choice that Karen is going to dictate the pace? Like she always gets on him, like you're coming on too strong. I go slow, w- work with me. Why do you want him to do that? Why don't you catch up and meet him where he is? What, who determined that we're going to go at your pace and make you comfortable? And I know everyone gets on, you know, for those of us who are frustrated by Karen. I stand by it. I'll take all the hate that comes with it. But I say that when you sign up for a show, it's not a show that you didn't know what the premise was. You knew what the premise was. I really think that she really should have just gone, you know, more for therapy rather than coming on a show like this because we all come with baggage. But I think Karen was coming with fresh, unresolved baggage. And I just keep thinking if Miles, who was ready to make it work with anyone, I think that's what makes it more frustrating is she's actually paired with someone who really was into something like this, imagine him paired with anyone who was just ready for this process. He'll be flying high right now, but he had the luck and he's paired up with someone who's seemingly not ready for this. And it's slowing down. He really has to curtail how he feels. Like how Woody just told it, like what he said, Woody told Imani, I love you. And it's not like it's, you know, she's not there yet, but it's not a thing. Miles literally has to shut down. Miles literally, I don't know at this point that he's not on eggshells because he can't really fully be himself. Everything he does, she says, is too much. But they're having, everything you said is true. But despite all of that, they are having good moments. They are having fun. They are getting to know each other on a deeper level. And Karen is putting forth a decent amount of effort. She is. I'm just, uh, I'm sick of the roller coaster. I think it's a lot of combination of things. I do want Miles to just get what he wants. He has his own issues. I'm by no means saying he's perfect. I do want him to get what he is. I wish I knew what Karen stood because I feel like it's one step forward, two steps backwards. I'm not quite sure, you know, where that stands. And to address the question of like, if Henry gets more grace, I don't necessarily think Henry gets more grace because I don't know what Harry is doing here either. He's lying to himself. 
they do have good moments, but I don't want it to be a situation where it's an, you, you don't know where you stand, that you latch onto the good moments like for hope and it's like Gatorade, like, oh my God, I'm just going to hold on to this. The good moments are here. Like, I want it to be a good, consistent moment. That makes like, sense. Like with Karen and Miles, it's like, we're not sure where you stand, but when the good moments happen, we're like, oh yeah, hope. Let's hang on to that. Like, no, I don't want that for him. I want them to be two people in a relationship, not a one person thing, which is why I give her props for the whole, was it, it wasn't tantric, whatever yoga thing they did today. I don't know what it was called, but I I just called it couples (laughs) yoga. Yeah. Well, yeah, the yoga thing, I give her props for that because that's moving forward. But if anything, the pattern that we've seen so far this season, I'm just scared for what next week is going to bring. Is this something else that takes us all the way back? all over again so i don't know so yeah when they end on a good note like that anything could come (laughs) so that's it for all of our couples this week tane who has your bouquet oh my bouquet is the same as last week it goes to christina i don't know if this is surprising but honestly i think what she did this week was very brave it is not easy to have someone flat out to ask you because there's a potential that the answer could be no I don't want to work out with you. No, I don't want to do this. He's told her 110 times that she's impatient and, you know, rude and he doesn't want anything to do. That's hard. That's hard to take. It's never easy for someone to tell you about your flaws and they may not want to work out with you. And she really wants to be with someone. She had the honest conversation. She gave him a platform to say what she wants to say. She took it like a champ and she admitted that she does like him, even though he's showing all the signs that he doesn't. And kudos to her for just being honest and putting it all on the line. My bouquet is Henry and Christina because I feel like they're learning new patterns of behavior that are going to benefit them. I feel like if we'd been under the old patterns, that conversation would have ended with one of them like walking out (laughs) as we have seen before, but they finished the conversation. They were honest and open with each other. Like they gave me hope for there for a minute. I'm sure they're going to break my heart next week, but (laughs) for this week they get my bouquet. Yes. And who has your burnt ashes? <sighs> it can't I'm be still, Brett or Karen. <laughs> I'm still frustrated by Karen. I'm still frustrated. <laughs> but it's getting old, giving it to them all the time. But my burnt ashes this week goes to Amelia. I don't know what is going on. We need you to show up. Maybe she is genuinely just content and everything is well. But don't tell us that you don't want him to do, that you don't want to do chores and you expect him to do it since you're the breadwinner, tell him. (laughs) I agree with you. Don't say anything if you're annoyed by little things. Like, it's not worth it. But the important things, speak up. Who has yours? Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just tired. I'm just very, very tired. I think he's a person who's incapable of being uncomfortable. And that is a really horrible trait to have. Mm. Especially in this process, you have to put yourself out there. You have yeah. to try. Because if you don't put yourself out there and try, when the experts are all telling us at the end that you didn't try and that's why it didn't work out, that might actually be the truth. And what we want the truth to be is that either you guys are together because it did work out or that you put your best foot forward and it still didn't work out. Yeah. Do you think it's too much for the experts to follow selected people with a camera for like a week? just to judge how they are before selecting them for sure that, okay, I'm going to make you a match just to see how they are on camera and to see how they deal with production and they deal with the stresses of that, like have alternates, but then decide based on what you see. Cause I think like in a week you get an idea how they will be with production and cameras in their face. Do you think that's too much? Or do you think 
it's pointless. I think a lot of it comes down to difficult conversations. So can you recreate that um, difficult conversations with a stranger? Yeah. So it's almost like, could you have them have conversation with their friends or family that are difficult? Yeah. Just to kind of assess how they do. That might not be a bad idea, but you know, couples cam is actually a really great show for showing us that this can work. Doesn't work for everybody, but it it the yeah. possibility exists. Like they don't have to mess with the formula too much. Yep. They've had like so many seasons now where they can claim at least one couple is successful, even in that dumpster fire of last year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they managed to find one. So Yeah. Yeah, Couples Cam is such a hopeful show. It's like it can work. So but yeah, do you have anything else for the people, Aid? No. So that's it for this week, guys. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AltaCall M-A-F-S. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. And we're also on Reddit with the same username. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We enjoy the five-star ratings. Thank you, guys. And listen on whatever platform you listen to us. Bye. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.